following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. On the afternoon of August 18th, 1973, five young people in a Volkswagen van ran out of gas on a farm road in South Texas. The next morning, the one survivor, Sally Hardesty Enright, was picked up on a roadside, blood-caked and screaming murder. Texas lawmen mounted a month-long manhunt but could not locate the macabre farmhouse. They could find no killers and no victims, no facts, no crime. Officially, on the records, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre never happened. I'm not a crook. happened and what's that toxic fandom has finally crept its way up the annals of horror that's the worst place for something to be creeping eels spiders scorpions fingers you don't want that stuff creeping around up there well not all the time anyway time and place for everything it's the worst place for anything to creep think about it but uh i do want to talk about the toxic fandom that has found its way into the horror community and i felt like that wasn't a thing that was ever going to happen because like the horror community has always been like you got a bond right there it's it's been like this family like this like this this community this guild i've always suspected that this day would one day come what do you think caused this you know i have my suspicions yeah i think we can attribute this to one source and one source alone who it's a fade. 
Callisto was a bad day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Turns out these Texas Chainsaw Massacre fans are a little more particular than any of us ever would have imagined. The rift, the hatred, the great the divide, the schism, Greg. Who would think this would be the one? I don't know what people were expecting. Well, it takes place in Texas. It, do- it does. There is a uh, a large, fat, mentally challenged man with a chainsaw who murders there teenagers. Is. I don't know Not what else it. you could really ask for when it comes to this franchise. Well, first up, I think we should just get this out of the way. Greg and I both love the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie. So if we lose listeners over this, I'm sorry you're so vague. I know? am a huge fan of the series as a whole. Oh, might yeah, be one of same. my favorite of the genre. Like Texas Chainsaw Massacre has always been very near and dear to my heart. Absolutely. So let's just kind of make that clear. We both loved it. We don't always agree on things. As a matter of fact, I kind of think that your opinions are mostly incorrect and uninformed. And you really, you never, you never give the five out of fives when I need you there, man. But I, um, I'm sorry. But this time you did. This one deserved it. This one earned it. But for whatever reason, it is. Uh, what's the word? Disputed? Very. Um, yeah. I don't see why. I, I don't understand the hate the movie's getting. There's a lot of fights, and uh, it, it gets kind of carried away, but... We live in a combative social climate right now. Literally, right now, while we are recording, Russia is pulverizing Ukraine. To be fair, I hear Ukraine is weak. I come from Ukraine. You not say Ukraine weak? I, that's, I heard that too. Putin's going in there and he's fucking judo fucking everyone up. Ukraine is came to you? Yeah, well, I mean, have you seen the videos of him riding horses shirtless, doing have... one-handed push-ups, backflips into ninja poses? Like, the man's a dynamo. He absolutely is. I think he might actually be one of the X-Men. Which one? Well... Maybe not one of the members of the Cumberland School for Gifted Boys or whatever the fuck it was. No, I think he might actually be like a real-world Magneto, and he just hasn't unleashed his real awesome power yet. Dude, when that comes, though, fuck, man. How insane would that be? Russian sentinels descending upon the Ukrainian border and just conquering everything in their path. We'd be powerless to stop it. And this is all because of Fede Alvarez. It turns out every geopolitical problem that we are experiencing all of the war all of the decimation the violence the chaos is all because of a fade because of fade now i love fade alvarez he has a great track record the guy's a hell of a director not bad to look at either uh i like his hair i don't actually know what he looks like he looks like a rock star I can picture that. Yeah, okay. If your name is Fede, you have to have a cool-ass look. I'm picturing him looking a lot like Wilmer Valderrama, and I know that's probably slightly insensitive and mostly untrue, but that's the image I have in my head of uh, a Fede. Valderrama, 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 Valderrama. <laughs> Wilmer Falco Valderrama. Oh, rock me. No singing. Oh, shit. Fuck. All right. So 
You got yourself Texas Chainsaw Massacre that just came out. Obviously, everyone has Netflix. Everyone in the horror community has watched the movie. Oh, Everybody sorry. is divided. Do we want to do like a quick recap, a quick review? or um... No, no, no. I, no. It's too soon for spoilers, so I don't want to get into spoilers. I just want to say that it is a group of teenagers going into Texas. Hold on. Into a group of shitty teenagers. Let me correct you. I was getting to that. The most detestable, annoying killable teenagers that you could possibly cast and write dialogue for these kids are so disgustingly dislikable so grossly murderable that it was almost an easy task for our man to make leatherface come off as both villain and hero of the texas chainsaw massacre I would just straight up say hero. So as Greg was saying how detestable these kids are. Like all all kids. They're detestable like all kids. If you're a Gen Z listener, we like you. But you gotta fucking check yourself, bro. With your TikToks and whatever. And we love Uh, that you're listening. We love that you're listening. But you're probably a piece of shit. You ever have to jerk off to a Barbie doll? No, we did. We crawled so you can run. Or hover, whatever you guys do on those scooters that are motorized now. Bunch of uh, little Michael J. Foxes that you are. <laughs> Just oh. shaky. So we got a group of kids that go to this Texas town, and I like it because you pointed this out too, that all like those red hearings, all those tropes that you think are going to happen actually don't mm-hmm. happen. I think Fede especially knew this was technically a sequel to the first one, right? It wasn't a reboot. They, it wasn't. They a, did the Halloween Halloween 2018 treatment, direct yes. sequel to the first one. This was cut the, out the, the modern sequel to a movie that came out almost 50 years ago. Or is it 50? Is it over 50? 52 years ago. 53 years ago. Oh, 74. 75 years ago. It's a modern day sequel to a movie that came out 150 years ago. Point that I'm trying to make is that Fede knew what the audience would probably most likely be expecting from this film, which is yes! the typical teenagers get lost on a country road in a van, get sidetracked, go into this mysterious house full of bones, and there's a cannibal family living there. Leatherface attacks them with a chainsaw, takes their faces. One final girl escapes, runs down the road, and then just as she's about to get away, someone pops out and grabs her or something. That's the formula he knew fans were probably primed for. So, and I hate this term, but what Efede Alvarez did with the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2022 is, now get ready for this. Yeah. He subverted our expectations. Oh! Yeah, because I haven't seen this much of a rift in any type of fandom since Ryan Johnson's The Last Jedi. Exactly. The schism of the Star Wars community, the schism of the horror community, but who would have thought that it would have been the Texas Chainsaw Massacre to cause this? You were supposed to bring balance to the horror community, not destroy it. (laughs) (laughs) But back to earlier, we were talking about how, like, the typical horror tropes, what you would expect from a Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Because if you watch, you know, obviously the first, the second, the sequels, uh, especially the third one, where everyone that the characters bump into, every person you bump into in Texas Chainsaw Massacre is a fucking Sawyer. The Saw is family. Yep. They get rid of all those tropes because you think that the fat guy working the the gas station dude is a Sawyer. You think that the cops that pull the kids over are in on it. Nope. 
You think that the mechanic that they bump into at the gas station later on is your contractor in town is also a Sawyer. The only, only villain in this movie is Leatherface. Something happens that triggers him, sets him off, and he goes on a murderous rampage and kills a bunch of woke teenagers on a bus that was filmed in Bulgaria. The ironic Uh, thing about this film is that Leatherface is the one triggered in this sea of Gen Z children. Uh, He sees a cell phone and he loses his fucking mind. Yeah, he can't comprehend it. He can't handle the technology. Much like myself. I think that's why we like it so much is that we have a little bit of old man Leatherface in all of us. There was absolutely some uh, old, out-of-touch, 30 to 40-something sentimentality to this one. I think Afede threw us a bone just kind of striking back at all the, you know, the next generation that we just don't get and that we don't understand. So why not just kind of saw them up real good? I work with a bunch of them and I don't understand their humor. I understand them just fine. I just don't want to talk to them. Okay. That's a lie. I don't understand them at all. I was bluffing uh, just to sound cool. I don't know. Do the kids still do that? Do what? I don't know. Is being aloof cool anymore? I don't know. I think they say lit. Uh, it's, I don't care. It's fine. I don't care. No, everything's fire now. You fire, I'm fire. This movie was so fire. You know what? It wasn't just fire. It was dope. Dope is bad news. What people didn't like about this one was that it did not take place in and around a farmhouse full of cannibals. There was no bone furniture. There was no cannibal family. Honestly, I'm still kind of deciding in my mind whether or not this is a good or a bad thing, but I will tell you it was damn entertaining. They followed the formula of the modern remakes of Halloween. Yes. And they added a chainsaw. Yeah. The biggest negative that I have about this was just the... The return of Sally Hardesty, right? Sally! Honestly, my only complaint was her. You know, I'm taking it all back. I'm glad she was there. Because even if she didn't do anything, even if her whole plot thread amounted to fuck all, her kill... Oh, 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 my God. I just gave that away, I guess. Fuck it. You know what? This is a Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Everyone's going to get chainsawed, all right? Yeah. If yeah, you're listening to our review and you sorry. haven't watched this already, what are you, what are you even doing? What, 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 are you, what are you doing here, eh? Why are you listening to us instead of watching Fade? Fade Fade's better. Fede. Go watch Fade. Go watch Don't Breathe while you're at it. Wilmer Fade Velderama. <laughs> Director extraordinaire. He's pumping out masterpieces left and right here. And you're sitting here listening to Damn That Scary? We appreciate it, but goddamn, watch that movie. Please. And watch then come it. back and then listen yep. to us again. Oh, how about that? Um, and I'm only saying this because we talked about it recently. Uh, what, two episodes back? Three, maybe? Uh, I think it was okay. two back, our, our best episode. You mentioned the um, Dead by Daylight expansion concerning Leatherface and his controversy. Yeah. I feel like there was a moment where I felt Fede was teasing a little bit of Leatherface about to go Leatherface. (laughs) And he didn't quite do it. And I think we're all better off. Yeah. But I had to say, I was cringing a little when I saw it about to happen. Like, Fede, didn't we learn from Dead by Daylight? Maybe. You know, Leather leather was all like, I don't know if I really like the mask I'm wearing right now. I don't want to offend anyone. 
Yeah, you know, they got their cell phones. I don't really want to get canceled. They're never uh, going to let me back for the sequel. Oh, by the way, speaking of... Make sure you watch after pay the attention, fucking credits. Watch the end credits scene. Also, I don't. who are we even talking to? Everybody already has seen this by now, right? Yeah, but They're I don't know if they know it. about the post-credits scene. How could you not? Dude, it went full uh, uh, John Rambo, fucking not Last Blood, but that, that, that Rambo movie before Last Blood, where after he kills a bunch of... Oh, First Blood. You going to Burma? Burma's war zone. You ain't taking no weapons, you ain't changing nothing. There's Burma's a yeah. You like fruit? You ain't gonna find much fruit in Burma. You wanna see some fruit? Bend over, I'll show you. <laughs> You kids like to watch the movies. You can't even watch movies in Burma. Yeah, it turns out Burma's fucked. It also turns out that your Sylvester Stallone is like a Sam Elliott. I gotta do what I gotta do. Yeah, right? (laughs) (laughs) It's the mustache. I can't get over the amount of hate this is getting compared to, like, Texas Chainsaw 3D that was actually in fucking theaters. Uh-huh. Where, like, this movie was just straight to Netflix. Like, everyone needs to chill. All right, and let's, uh, how about we all just kind of agree collectively together that we're going to send a mass email to Netflix about raising their fucking prices. I don't know if you noticed, but basically right as I was watching Fede Alvarez's Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2022, uh, which might be the best Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I did notice that Netflix decided to raise its price to, I think, like seventeen forty nine or whatever the fuck. What? It's well into the teens at this point, and it's only because going of, up. Because of Fade? It might be because of Fade. Is Fade a villain? I'm starting to wonder if this is part of the controversy. There was a little bit of a rift in the horror community over the 2013 Evil Dead. I love it. True. You love it. There are people that hate it. They don't understand that it's not a remake. It's just another story. Well, it's a reimagining of the like the intention of the original. It was just another story. It was the first one, but scary. It wasn't the second one. The second one was where it got all goofy. Hey, but good goofy. It's the kind yeah. of goofy everybody loves, but the first Evil Dead wasn't supposed to be funny. So if you're going to remake that, you're going to do it as a horror movie, not as a comedy. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I assume that that was just kind of understood, but I, I guess a lot of people wanted it to be Army of Darkness. I guess. But so Fade already had caused a little bit of rift in the horror community there, and this one just straight up solidified it. Oh, he's a controversial man, that Fade, and I wouldn't have him any other way. Hey, you know what? The people that are bitching about her are also the ones that say, like, Hereditary, The Witch, Midsommar, and these are all movies I like. Those are real horror movies, you know? And, like, a slasher can be a compelling story that's thought-provoking, like, Halloween or Black Christmas. But to those people, I say AKA this. Kwanzaa. Take your left hand. Cup it. I'm doing it. All right? Okay. Place it firmly between your two cheeks. I'm a step right ahead over, of you, buddy. Right over top of your asshole. Mm-hmm. Let out a big-ass fart. Okay, give me a second. Into, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Let it out. Good, very good. Now, take that, uh-huh. kind of close your hand a little bit, bring it up to your face, and... Uh-huh. 
Just inhale your own farts. Okay. Yeah, that's what you're fucking doing. Me? Me specifically? No, to them. Not you. But you did do it for some reason. Mm-hmm. Oh, I thought you were giving instructions. I was following along step by step. Oh, and I mentioned this briefly earlier, but I, I, I don't understand the backlash over the fact that the bus scene was filmed in Bulgaria and not Texas. Do you think you can murder that many people in the United States just for the sake of film? Of course you have to go to Bulgaria. You, Because it's legal there. You get away with it. As a matter of fact, you did a fucking tax break if you kill that many people in Bulgaria. And they save so much on special effects if you just actually murder the fucking kids. Real quick, let's go back to the fucking mask that Leatherface wears in this one. Oh, I yeah. love that he cuts holes for his ears because he's... He's accustomed to COVID, uh-huh. and he understands that those masks, you could tuck them behind your ears. You don't need all the weird straps behind your head. I just love the scene, and at this point, it's become the iconic screenshot that everybody is sharing. The silhouette of the sun shining through while he's out in the field. Oh, And I'm not going to say what character the face comes from, because I feel like that's, that's that, kind, that's of, a kind cool, of a spoiler. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's a cool aspect of it. Um, but he's holding up the face, and... He, he really does just kind of stick with that face through the whole film, which is also, yeah. that's thematic to the plot, too, because it's almost, in Very. a way, not to give too much away, we've already kind of spoiled everything, but it's almost like a revenge film. This is the Kill Bill of Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies. He's basically Liam Neeson from Taken. This is the Death Wish 3 of Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies. Oh, the one with the gang? The, the one with Jeff Goldblum in it. That's the first one. This is the Death Wish 1 of Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Oh, shit. Yeah. Okay. The one with Jeff Goldblum in it. Goddamn rich cunt. The new Texas Chainsaw Massacre is very watchable. It's It's very rewatchable. It's It's very enjoyable. Take your brain out. You're watching a Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie. What I'm getting at is, is that why can't we just be happy that it's 2022 and we still have Leatherface? And that it was fun, and that it was gory. I'm just shocked that it was an enormous piece of shit. I it could have yeah. been fucking awful. Like I, I mean, the fact that it even had like a slight amount of effort put into it, I appreciate. I, I don't fucking understand the hate. Why, it was never why meant hate? to be Citizen Kane. Yeah, this was not going to be the apocalypse now of slasher sequels. This is the I, I think what is it the ninth iteration in the, the 13th. series. This is the 22nd Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie. In a series about a fat man who murders teenagers and takes their faces. The fact that this was not just a complete shit show should be a credit to the production. So, you want to give a final review on it? Five out of five scaries. I'm upset there was a lack of tits in it, but you know what? It's not known for boobs. It's known for gross people, redneck living, just a lot of skin peeling, and meat eating. Delicious, delicious chili. Straight up five out of five for me. Five out of fucking five. There you have it. The damn that scary seal of approval. I want a sound effect like a, like a, something. I want Fede Alvarez to do the next Friday the 13th. You know what? My main point, I think, that I'm trying to get everybody to take away from this is just kind of lower your standards a little. Stop expecting these horror sequels to be, I don't know, Terminator 2. They're not all going to be The Empire Strikes Back. Uh, they're not all going to be The Godfather 2. Even if they're The Godfather 3, they're still a fun, bloody mess of a good time. Yeah, they're just fun. It's just yes. garbage entertainment. It's called a B movie for a reason, people. Stop grading it like it's an A. 
and give it that fucking five out of five. It's a fucking exploitation movie. Greg, I yes. couldn't have said it better myself, my man. And I know the people that shit on this movie. I know you guys like Slumber Party Massacre. I Who know doesn't? you guys like Sleepaway Camp 3. Absolutely. I know you guys like Jason Takes Manhattan. Oh, of course. Why, why hate on this and not hate on Freddy's Dead? It's, 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 it's a modern day fucking sequel. It's a, it's a 2022 modern day Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And we're all Every, getting rammed. Dude, he was just having a good time and he, he knew what to do with that chainsaw, you know? Mm-hmm. He knew to stick it into another person. It's almost uh, instinctively sexual in its perfection. Texas Chainsaw Massacre on Netflix. Go fucking check it out. Spend 25 bucks a month on Netflix. Watch the shit out of this. Cancel your subscription. Be a man. Can't wait to see the next one. Five out of five, without a doubt. Five out of five. Okay. There you have it. There you have the... Damn that scary. Seal, Seal of, of approval. approval. <laughs> With that clusterfuck behind us, there's just one thing left to do, my friend. And that's apologize. <laughs> oh, this again. Uh, Greg, I feel like it's... Uh, I'm going to take the helm on this one and okay. go, buddy. Uh, I want to apologize to the uh, uh, very sweet and attractive clubfoot woman. Oh, I can't imagine why. She. Uh, I actually forgot that she uh, did subscribe to the show. And Shit. I haven't heard anything about it, but maybe she heard it. Um, There's a good also, chance she never wants to speak to you again. Uh, and that's fine. I also want to apologize to our listeners that have a foot fetish that I gave a raging erection uh, to them while they were possibly at work. Why would you apologize for that? Because uh, sometimes you have a boner that you just don't want. I don't think that's true. Yeah, when I wear my Wrangler jeans, I don't want a boner. A little abrasive. It's like fucking cardboard, yeah. A little abrasive. It's not a good time. Uh, so I just want to apologize to, uh, you know what? I'm just going to apologize to feet. Is that what you're calling yeah. her now? <laughs> All feet are beautiful. Uh, and, well. and I mean, maybe, uh, you know, maybe if you want to reach out to me, we could take that uh, relationship just, you know, one step at a time. <laughs> Because, you know, it's like, uh, I felt like with us, we were always three steps forward, but then three steps back. I feel like we're just always going around in circles with you, baby. <laughs> and uh, maybe you can reach out to me. Maybe I'll reach out to you and we can get together and uh, uh, have some of your favorite snacks, which is uh, uh, fruit by the foot. So I'm sorry. I didn't realize that you were a member of the Foot Clan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm just trying to think of any stupid foot reference. I hope uh, one day Leonardo kicks the shit out of you. <laughs> <laughs> so with that said, I guess I'm up. Um, and I'm going to have to go with the obvious. I think anyone who listened to last week's episode probably just knows where uh, I'm headed with this one. My apology this week is to Mr. Orenthal James Simpson, a.k.a. Oh. OJ, a.k.a. The juice. I thought for sure you were going to apologize to the Corys. Never. I will never apologize to them, and I won't let you. I stand by all the horrible things that I allegedly have done to the Corys. Same. And I would never 
ever lower myself to apologize uh, to the remaining Corey, who is, by all metrics, the worst Corey. So, oh, God, they're so blessable. <laughs> I've always thought that, allegedly. So, back to my apology. Um, Mr. Orenthal James Simpson, I'm sorry I laughed at your prank show last week on our episode, which was easily our best episode. Probably. Um, no poop decks in space. I mean, what a great title. Who thought of that? Fucking great title. Great title. Um, I'm sorry I laughed at you. And the way that you brutally and unflinchingly ended the lives of two people back in 1994. <laughs> Stabbing people in a fit of impotent rage is no laughing matter. I would like to take this moment to acquit myself beyond a reasonable doubt of any and all alleged mockery that I may or may not have directed towards you and your horrifically violent criminal past. You may have been found not guilty in a court of law by a jury of your peers, but I still fear you. In the manslaughter, you are liable to indulge in if you ever hear last week's episode. So, please don't kill me, Juice. I'll be good. I promise. Thank you. Uh, and thank you, Greg. I would, you know what, Micah? Yeah. I'd really feel a little more comfortable if you would also apologize to OJ. Um, uh, uh, yeah, you know what, you're right. Um, OJ, you have a very large head. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you are always welcome in Buffalo, New York, where I don't live anymore. Oh, yeah, Buffalo loves you. Please don't stab us. Go to Buffalo. Go to the Buffalo Bills game. You're treated like a celebrity there. I heard about all the people that saw you out on Allen Street in Buffalo, New York, taking selfies with you, treating you like you're a golden god. And you know what you are, man. Hey, and make sure you're wearing those Bruno Mollins. That's right. <laughs> that you may or may not own. I mean, uh, you, you, OJ, you are a golden god and uh, you know what? A guilty golden god. Okay, but I mean, isn't God guilty already? God kills people every day. Allegedly. Sure. He's killing them right now in Ukraine. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. That's Vladimir Putin. Oh, that's what I meant. Just because we're going to be calling him God in less than a year doesn't mean that he is technically a deity. See, the power of the USSR is all information manipulation and propaganda. So there's a very yeah. good chance that not only will we have a golden statue of O.J. Simpson here in Buffalo when the, the new USSR finally takes over and unites the world under one regime, he's going to be standing there right next to both Ivan Drago and Vladimir Putin. Yes. In a trifecta of dominance. And also, I guess, since the piano is still playing, I apologize for all that, too. Um, OJ, please don't kill me. Putin, please don't kill me. Ivan Drago, please don't kill me. Same. The end. The end. Thank you. All Thanks. right, man. So uh, we're still in space. Hey! We're still in space. That's right. And if uh, the after the credits scene from last week's episode didn't give it away, we are bringing you Leprechaun in space. Let me amend that real quick for you. Leprechaun 4 in space. Ah. In space. The fourth Leprechaun movie, Leprechaun in space. This is the first Leprechaun movie where we actually have more title than just a sequel number. Yeah, this is not Back to the Hood. This is not Leprechaun 3, it's Leprechaun 4, colon, in space. Expertly done by our main man, directing legend, Mr. Brian Trenchard Smith. Brian Trenchard Smith, who is one of Quentin Tarantino's favorite directors, 
who directed not only Leprechaun 4, Leprechaun in Space. Leprechaun 3. Yes. Dead End Driving. Which is and, a classic. And the Michael Bean absolute masterpiece. Yes. Yes. Megiddo. Yes. Omega Code 2. Your favorite and mine, which if you listen back, I don't know, what was it? About a month ago? Probably 60 episodes ago, maybe uh, 100 episodes ago. It was easily during our best episode in which we reviewed Galaxy of Terror. If you go back to the beginning of Space Month 2022, it's been a great fucking year. We've been out in the fucking orbit for months at this point. We haven't even been on Earth, except for Astro Zombies. But we haven't even been on Earth. Check it out. Check out Megiddo, the Omega Code. Brian Trenchard-Smith also directed Night of the Demons 2, which is also just a fun classic Beautiful. Basically, the guy fucking rules. He's awesome. He's done a bunch of documentaries also. Uh, Leprechaun 4, Leprechaun in Space might be his best work, though. Yeah. So why don't you take us back to 1997, back when we were still jerking off to dial up porn, back when Clinton was still in office, back when things were normal and everything was right in the world. Why don't you give us a ragtag list of characters, and boy howdy, do we have a handful of them. Oh, this is going to be fun. Let's start okay. at the very beginning which I've always thought is a very good place to start with Sergeant Chop Top. No, but, but yeah, but... That's hilarious because I call them the same thing. Whoa! He is an unhinged, plate-sporting PTSD victim. Non-flashback! Oh! He is a violent alcoholic, like we all are sometimes. He's a shrewd negotiator, a cross-dresser, and he is a man, a woman, and a cyborg, all in one tight little package. <laughs> This is Tim Colseri. Tim Colseri might be best known for his role in Full Metal Jacket. Mm-hmm. Hey, you suck next. So our next character is Kowalski. Kowalski? I don't even know her. Appropriately, Kowalski is a meathead marine. He's a dick-juggling jackass, an errant pisser, an STD attractor, a coxman, a party animal, and a sensitive lover. Yeah, I mean, you could call him a sensitive lover. Sure, mm-hmm. okay. Sensitive in reference to the fact that everything hurts. Yeah, okay. He feels pain more than the average. His penis hurts when he tries to fuck is what I'm getting at. I feel for this guy. I think most men who watch this movie uh, will feel a a slight tinge when they see how his narrative plays out. But next up, we have a little character that I like to call Frank Stallone. (laughs) (laughs) He is an heroic warrior. A shirtless badass, a solid soldier, a chivalrous protector. He is more chin than man, but he has terrible game when it comes to the ladies. Awful game. This is Brent Jasmer, who was uh, actually supposed to do a Sylvester Stallone impression during the movie. Yeah. But they felt like it would have caused some lawsuit issues, so they just kind of cut that shit. He doesn't really have to speak to do a Stallone impression because he looks like... uh... Just look at him. Brent Jasmer also is famous for his his edition of Playgirl magazine, where we got to see a schwantz. We'll be posting that on the Damn That Scary webpage. If anybody's interested, you want to see the Frank Stallone Playboy spread. For those of you who like penis, you know you all do. Oh, love cock. Our next guy is Juana Man, which you may also know as the illustrious Miguel Nunez Jr. He is in Return to the Living Dead. He is in Juana Man. And... Friday the 13th, part five. And this movie. 
Uh, he's also famous for filling up a shopping cart full of $300 worth of groceries and walking out of the store pulling a full-on Winona Ryder. The fucked up thing is it was all ramen noodles. That's how he got caught. Stupid fucker! Oh, Joanna, man. Always stealing. Always stealing. So he is a sensitive, loyal rule follower. He's a smooth operator, a computer hacker, a wisecracker, and for some unknown reason i guess just because it's the late 90s he is a racist cartoon character he is so racist in this movie he has some moments that are a little controversial by today's standards but way back when it was considered funny you know sort of like bugs bunny type of uh mentality yeah so moving on we have this is kind of an obvious one but i just called him dr evil He is a psychotic robo-genius, a quadriplegic cyborg, a condescending cunt. He is half a refrigerator and a fucked-up Cronenberg abomination. You know what I call them? No, what? Space Mangala. Okay, that's just as good. I like it. I think so. Spangala. Spangala! No singing! Space Mangala... Wouldn't be anyone without his loyal assistant, who I called Woody Allen. As I mentioned, he is Dr. Evil's assistant. He's whiny. He's petulant. He is a nearsighted, weak, perverted little toady. And his spirit animal is a pancake. Oh, shit on a shingle. And then, of course, we have Dr. Blondie. Yeah, here she comes. What movie would be complete without a Dr. Blondie? She is a beautiful, noble med tech, a karate black belt, a preachy intellectual, an anti-gun activist, and she buys her clothes at the dollar store. This is Jessica Collins. Uh, Jessica Collins is known for being in a bunch of sitcoms, but who gives a shit about that? Because damn that scary fans will remember her as being the character of Blondie from Best of the Best Without Warning, which might be the best, best of the best movie. That is correct. Yes. If there's going to be a best, best of the best, then it might as well be the one starring Blondie. Called Without Warning. It's just mm-hmm. about surprise anal. Is there a technical term for surprise anal? Is there like a like a, a briefer way of saying that? I gave her the old Eric Roberts. Oh! So then we have Xena the Astro Princess, who is a greedy, seductive, manipulative space monarch. She is an STD Petri dish. She is a cellular regenerator. In a clap heaven Jezebel. She's very sparkly. Don't let those sparkles fool you. That's a virus. Yep. So next we have Sarah Connor, who is a strong-willed, <laughs> experienced, brave, bold, beautiful female Marine. She's also a drunk, a dick stomper, and a disco slut. This is Deborah Dunning. Now, Greg, I don't know if you... Uh, oh, I do. Rec- Home Improvement. Am I right? Yes. 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 <laughs> This was Heidi from Home Improvement that was on, uh, what was the show he had? Tool Time. Tool Time with Tim Taylor. Tim the Tool Man Taylor. Tim the Tool Man Thompson. Also, I believe there was an hilarious episode where Brad, the oldest son, guest starred on the Tool Time show, hilariously fumbled with his boner while talking to Heidi and accidentally called her Thidey. Which oh, you may boy. recognize as a uh, a funny joke. That is terrible. Yep. Uh, the most famous of all famous bowl cuts originated in that show. 
the young man named Jonathan Taylor Thomas, who I can only assume was behind a fucking trailer just as much as Corey. Nobody's going to fucking take advantage of Corey Haim. They're definitely going to put their dick in fucking JTT. He ruined an entire generation of middle school students with that fucking haircut. You are responsible for the bowl cut. I had it. You had it. We all had it. And it's an embarrassment to our nation. Jonathan Taylor Thomas, I had my hair parted down the middle. Yeah. Blonde. It was it was cut just like you, and it, it might be the reason why I was also molested. Oh, we all did it. Yeah. It's like putting up a fucking beacon. It's like throwing up a fucking molest me signal. Just like Batman. You've you've got yeah. the fucking the middle part bowl cut. You're just asking for a booth from a much older gentleman. Uh, yeah, I clearly I was asking for it. It wasn't the assailant's fault. It was my fault for having that haircut. Yes, yes. That's how I've always thought. And I think that um, that would never hold up in a court of law. So don't even bother. And, uh, and I was a fat kid, so I was pudgy. Yeah, me too. Yeah, grease me up and just have your way with me, I guess. I'm just kidding. But... I didn't get fat until I was like 30. <laughs> <laughs> Last but not least, we have the Leprechaun. Who you might be wondering, like, who is this character? What is this all about? It's only the fourth one in the series. It's only the space iteration. This is the titular, wisecracking, Irish little person. And I have to tell you, it took every fiber of my being to write those two words instead of the one that I wanted to say. I know. Who loves tits almost as much as gold and sometimes murders people just for fun. He's an asshole. I'm so happy we're reviewing this movie. This movie got 17% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh Uh-huh. It was originally intended to be a spoof of Apollo 13. He's never referred to as a leprechaun in the movie. He's always yeah. oh, the alien, the monster. And they never explain why the fuck he's in space, nope. which I love that so much. We don't need an explanation. We don't need that, like, like fucking uh, Apollo who gives a shit. It doesn't matter. He shot his gold to space. Like, who fucking cares? This leprechaun somehow made his way to a spaceship. And he's fucking shit up up there. He's pissing Dude. people off. It's what he does. And also, like, people, a lot of people don't know this, is that the Leprechaun movies, it's a different Leprechaun every movie. Just because Warwick Davis plays him most of the time doesn't mean he's the same Leprechaun. So the first Leprechaun was stuck in that well. The second Leprechaun, he had a different story. The third Leprechaun, he went to Vegas. He had himself a good time. This Leprechaun just happens to be in space. The other Leprechaun was in the fucking hood for a couple movies. That one was the same Leprechaun. That one was a different species. That was Natasha Henstridge that time. And then they had Origins, which wasn't even a Leprechaun. I think it was just a lizard. It was kind Uh, of a monster. Yeah, it was a beast. Yeah, so completely different. It certainly Uh, wasn't wisecracking and fun. And then you have the guy from Astron 6 that did Psycho Gorman, who we all know and love, Stephen Astron. Yeah, uh, uh, Kenneth Kowalski. Stephen Astro Koplinski. There's a significant ski at the end, I know that, so. Yeah, very Polish. Well, uh, I heard they sent a rocket to the sun once at night. Let's go to uh, 2096. The inconceivable uh, future. We get that sweet 1997 CGI opener oh, of good. asteroids floating around everywhere, and then we come across a big ship that looks suspiciously like a dick. And this sets the tone for the entire production. 
I gotta say, I love this film from the very get-go. Same. We're introduced to Sergeant Chop Top, who briefs his crew of space marines that they're about to go eradicate an alien menace when Dr. Blondie enters, saying that she is here to collect samples for Dr. Evil. So, uh, Chop 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 explains that they're going to planet Ithacon mm-hmm. to search and destroy. Let me repeat that again. Search and destroy. Much like Iggy Pop, my hero. Yeah, but uh, Chop Top isn't having much about Captain Blondie there and gets Dr. Evil on the horn. Dr. Evil explains that they are under a contract and that they have to take Dr. Blondie with them. And he assigns Frank Stallone to help keep Dr. Blondie alive. And this is the point of the movie where Dr. Blondie falls into Frank Stallone's penis, the old uh, fall in my vagina bit, where they stare at each other and do the, are you okay? Yeah. Are you? Classic and you know guy. right away that these guys are just going to get it the fuck on. I certainly They're... hope so. But we no. get to jump to the Leprechaun Space Lair, where he has an Astro Amazon chained up, whom he invites to have a classy three-course meal with him. He explains that he intends to use her to marry into her royal space family and achieve real ultimate astro power. Oh, you don't like the food, sweetie? Well, maybe I like this. And turns the food into what appears to be very expensive gems. And he tells her that her kingly father is a fool who gave away all of his wealth, but he can make her rich beyond her wildest dreams with gold if she just puts out. Right. And we got all the space marines. They're at the, the entrance to the leprechaun's lair. And I gotta tell you, this space set fucking rules. Oh, it's so good. The uh, the, the ceilings set. look like they're made out of, I don't know what, like spray-painted tape. It looks like uh, that insulation in a can just sprayed yeah. like, a, like a different color. Yeah, It's very cheap, but in the best of possible ways. So someone I'm going to call just the shitty rookie, because there's one in every one of these films... He walks in to see a table full of golden jewels, and he immediately takes his helmet off to load up on filthy lucre. This turns out to be a big mistake. Now, Warwick Davis, who is in uh, Return of the Jedi, I believe he played Wicket, finally gets his hands on a lightsaber. He hexed the fuck out of this rookie's legs, and it is bye-bye to the new guy. He's a real red shirt, this guy. <laughs> yeah, he, he dies. He's so dead, so fuck him. And a firefight immediately breaks out. For some reason, Leprechaun nobly throws himself on a grenade in order to save Xena, who runs around like a dipshit and doesn't seem to realize that bullets could hit her at any moment. You know what? Fuck her. Well, we'll find out later why this is. This actually makes sense. She's not just stupid. She's invincible. Yeah, it turns out she's a fucking lizard. She is a lizard person. You cut off one of her tails, another one's just going to grow back. So she honestly does not really give a shit if she gets shot. Leprechaun doesn't quite know this yet, or maybe he does. But he sacrifices himself like the fucking boss that he is. And uh, our space marines declare victory. And then uh, you got Kowalski that takes a nice uh, piss on him. What would you like to drink, Kowalski? And uh, you can see the leprechaun kind of crawl up his pee stream just like those Amazon fish. Me! And this is a signature scene from this film, I have to say. This is the one that kind of everybody remembers when you ask about, hey, have you seen Leprechaun 4? Oh, that's the one where he crawls into the guy's pee hole, isn't it? That and the lightsaber. But he, he notably has his penis invaded by the leprechaun magic as he is urinating onto a disembodied leg. Get him a glass of meat. 
This is all while Dr. Blondie is trying to stabilize an unconscious Xena, and Frank Stallone is fucking around with her disembodied hand for some reason. And he makes the obvious joke like, Hey, yeah, look at this hand. Anybody need a fucking handski? You know what? There's a lot going on in this movie. It's very ambitious. Yeah, yeah. They're they're lampooning every space horror film. Some of it's kind of subtle, but they're fucking with Alien. They're fucking with Aliens. They're fucking with Galaxy of Terror. They're fucking with Star Wars. They're fucking with Return of the Jedi. They're fucking with Leprechaun 4, even. It's all super goddamn meta. Mind-blowing, even. Like, this film is a lot more intelligent than uh, you might initially think. I could see why this is Tarantino's favorite director. Layers and levels, my friend. Layers and levels. Layers and cock. So, back on the ship, Woody shows Chop Top his shrink ray, which he is using to manipulate the size of a gigantic gold nugget. And he's telling him, guess what? We got to throw this in the cargo hold, but... We're just going to kind of shrink all this leprechaun's gold down to one tiny little container for the purposes of taking it back home. Now, when I first saw this movie, I thought for sure that this was going to be how they were going to kill the leprechaun by shrinking him and maybe stomping on him. You would think, right? Or, like they're, they're kind of foreshadowing this. Like yeah, of, that he was going to be there. shrunk. Or maybe someone would be shrunk. Anyone might be shrunk. But yeah, this film is too smart for you, man. Way too smart. You never would have expected what they actually come at you with. And we'll get there, but I don't want to give it away just yet. Yep. Without further ado, Dr. Evil pops on screen and gives instructions that Chop Top and his men are to provide security for a gold mining team that is yet to arrive. Chop Top does not seem very receptive to this because he knows that his contract is about to run out. It's running out at midnight. He only has a couple hours left of this. And like a good mercenary, he wants to take his cash and just get the fuck out of there. Yeah, and get drunk. Maybe find some whores. Yeah. Maybe a willing leprechaun to just give him a, a hand job for a small amount of money. I mean, if you're going to get a leprechaun, you're going to treat it like a flashlight. But that night, everyone is chilling at the space disco, which apparently is a <laughs> like a prominent room on this ship because they revisit it several times throughout the plot. Yeah, so apparently in uh, 2096... Disco balls are still a thing, but it's, uh-huh. it's, it's 2022 right now. And, uh, oh man, I can't tell you the last time I've seen a disco ball. Probably, like, in the 90s. Well, you've been hanging out at the wrong places, my friend. Clearly. So when Kowalski tells Sarah Connor that it's time to go F, she agrees. And everybody cheers them on as they exit yeah. the room. They go walking down a few corridors. And that's where Kowalski pulls out his schwantz and says, hey, shake hands with the big guy. But you know what? It's not the big guy. It's actually the fucking leprechaun. I've had all I can stand from you, Kowalski! And just like a fiery phoenix, he emerges from the ashes. And by ashes, I mean Kowalski's dick. He rises from the fucking inferno that used to be his pubic region and says hello to Sarah Connor. At this point, she regrets giving him a chubby. Yep. And the leprechaun wastes no time putting on the most terrible, cringy John Wayne impression possible. Uh. This, is, this is rough. He proves right off the bat, and we've known this from previous films, so it's nothing new. But he comes at you just letting you know that he is just kind of a third-rate Freddy Krueger. I hate to make it so blatant. I hate to put it in such simple terms. But that's what the leprechaun has always been. That's what he always will be. He's shitty Freddy. Hey, yeah, all right. And that 
is not limited to, but does include terrible John Wayne impressions. Okay. Never apologize, mister. It's a sign of weakness. You may not yeah. love it, my friend, but such is facts. Such is life. Say lovey. So we go back to Dr. Blondie, who is now entering the space disco. And as soon as he sees her, Frank Stallone is thinking about sticking. Sticking and icking. And that's where he pops up and starts giving her some of the terrible space pickup lines I've ever seen. But we still got that space disco ball going on in the background, so that's pretty fucking cool. She tries to sound intelligent by using big words in front of him, but he isn't impressed. The problem is... he's a marine! He's too horny to actually keep up, but he tries to play along. Somehow, he strikes out anyway. Meanwhile, Leprechaun corners Sarah Connor in an industrial hallway, which she easily escapes with a nut shot. And I always love not just a nut shot, but a sound effect added to the nut shot. Sure. And she makes a run for it. While this is going on, yeah, Woody Allen, almost uh, space raping uh, Space Princess. Oh, my God. Until Space Mangala, or as you like to call him, Space Doctor Evil, mm-hmm. shows up and starts uh, talking about how awesome her DNA is because her fucking hand grew back all on its own. Amazingly, right? Pervy Woody Alien grossly unwraps Xena's unconscious body. He gets a little too handy, by which I mean he finds her extra hand regrown. Very clever. Yeah. Uh, so Dr. Evil does not skip a beat and just scolds the shit out of him for giving in to his baser urges. And he explains that Xena's DNA is extraordinary and he wants to use it for his own diabolical plans, which basically means he wants to make himself whole again. So let's go back to Sergeant Chop Top and his crew who are now searching the ship for the leprechaun. They've been alerted by Sarah Connor and they're on uh, just full Search and destroy once again. Frank Stallone gets covered in hydraulic fluid somehow. And the leprechaun flies by and attacks uh, his friend with a knife. Who I, I don't, I didn't really catch his name. I think it was Moochie. Boots. I think it was Boots. But who gives a shit? I'm uh, pretty sure it was Moochie. Yeah, this is a room where you need these special spacesuits because there is space bacteria that apparently eats a human spaceship. <laughs> sure. But the leprechaun, he's quick, he's fast, he's conniving, he's clever, he slices up the spacesuit, the space bacteria eats away at him and turns him into a corpse. He's dead forever. Yep. Go fuck yourself, Moochie. Bye-bye, Moochie, if that's your real name. At this point, the space marines, they're like, well, we gotta get the fuck out of here. But Space Mangala, he's not having it. He reveals himself. He's all fucked up. Chop Top intimidates the shit out of Woody Allen demanding to talk to Dr. Evil about what the fuck is going on. Dr. Evil recognizes the fact that the leprechaun just wants Xena back, but he refuses to turn her over. He tells them that it's their job to kill him. Chop Top says, you know what? We're fucking leaving. Fuck this shit. So Dr. Evil reveals that he's actually a human being strapped to a kegerator. You get yourself a nice IPA from his ass. So Dr. Evil pounds on his fridge body and declares that he has the power to extend the Marine's contract in times of emergency. He says, you know what? You can't leave until I say you can leave. And they decide it's time to cut a deal. 
Well, they're going to get themselves 5% of all the profits that they found in the Leprechaun's Lair, mm-hmm. including a nice bonus, which apparently is 100 times of what they're being paid right now individually. Yeah. That sounds great, but guess what? You're going up against Warwick Davis. You're going to all get fucking killed, like Sometimes you, said. you can't just achieve victory with a big, fat bonus. Yeah. Oh, and I think at this point in the movie, I kind of find out that the doors that open and close suspiciously sound exactly like the original Doom video game doors. Oh, did you notice that? I thought, I kind of thought that. You noticed that, that too? Yeah. It, they, they sounded very familiar, and I was trying to put my finger yeah. on it, but it was Doom, wasn't it? It was totally Doom. Hell yeah. Fuck yeah. So they cut a deal with Dr. Evil, who promises them tons of money. And percentages of future gold profits, which I have to say is very suspicious. I think he just assumes that they're going to die fighting uh, this quote-unquote alien, which is actually a tiny Irish demon or whatever a fucking leprechaun is. We get a, a brief moment, probably the only moment in this film, where the leprechaun monologues into the camera about how he hates sharing. Just, just because we wanted a little bit of character development from him, right? Yeah, so, sure. And he also mentions that he plans to not only wed and bed, but also murder Princess Xena one day. I wed her, bed her, and bury her all in the same day. Yeah, so he's actually he's not, not a great husband. He's taking advantage of her status for his own gain. Well, I'm sure after he hooks up with this chick that he would change his mind. He's really playing the uh, interstellar Game of Thrones here. Absolutely. He's the he's the Ramsey Bolton of Leprechaun Four. I've been saying that for years, Greg. Mm-hmm. So all the Marines they're out and about in this ship. They split up in groups of two. Of course, Frank Stallone is with Doctor Blondie. Uh-huh. Uh, Joanna Man is with the Italian and uh, oh, little Danny, little Danny Baraducho. <laughs> <laughs> he's four foot five. But David Letterman had a field day with that shit. All our Marines have split up, and they're all searching the ship for the Leprechaun. Meanwhile, Woody Allen takes a blood sample from Xena, which is a weird milky blue color. It kind of looks like someone uh, just sort of put blue food coloring into milk. I'm not going to cast any actual suspicion on the production or the budget of the special effects in this film, but it's definitely just blue milk. And he mixes this bullshit with Dr. Evil's skin cells and grows back a finger. Which proves science is happening on this ship. Oh, there's so much science on this ship, dude. So we got Juana Man and his friend Danny fucking around in an engine room. Yeah, that's where Danny's talking about, like, hey, how about we just hide and let everyone else do the work? He's a big old pussy, and he's trying to find the coward's way out of this shit. But Juana Man is not having it. Nope. Although he does turn into a racially insensitive caricature. And he uses the term, feets don't fail me now, which I have to say, did not age well. No. He goes full uh, Black Crow's uh, Dumbo. Yeah, he um, he's playing a character here that he probably shouldn't put on his resume. Stupid fucker! So I think here around the point is where we get some fancy magic space cuffs that uh, attach Frank Stallone to a radiator Uh or something and leprechaun starts shooting fireballs from his ass it is one of many fucking gunfights between frank stallone blondie and the titular leprechaun 
Which is very confusing me because bullets don't really do anything to him. Nope. Uh, but he's he's going full on Gears of War, uh, time crisis style, where you got to hide behind something. Pop 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 pop. These Marines don't really know this yet. They still think that they can shoot him, even though the the plot literally started with him blowing up and then reassembling through penis magic through a dick. But they still think that they can shoot him to death. Who knows? Maybe it could work. We'll see what happens. Sure. Frank somehow manages to escape from his handcuffs. Him and Blondie get on a chain and raise themselves to safety onto a catwalk. Uh, Just like Batman and Kim Basinger. The leprechaun taunts Danny, and he runs away, leaving Juana Man locked behind a door by himself. He starts. This is the point where he starts singing... The old Danny boy, the uh, the stereotypical ah, Danny boy. The uh, I don't even know what you call it. The uh, the Irish hymn. It's 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 up there with uh, the Irish hymn of uh, I don't want her. You can have her. She's too fat for me. Hey, she's too fat for me. Hey, she's too fat for me. Hey, hey. Oh! The leprechaun shows up on a video feed taunting Danny and cutting off his own fingers while singing the Danny Boy song like Just a like fucking Freddy dick. Krueger. Yeah, Just like, a, like Freddy Krueger. And I, this has to be a reference to uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, right? Yeah, this is God. They're calling full attention to it uh, just to say, hey, anyone who might be watching this and maybe thinking about suing us into oblivion, we're just, we're, we're acknowledging the fact that the leprechaun is just a tiny Freddy Krueger. We're paying tribute yeah. Fortunately for our good friend Brian Trenchard Smith, Wes Craven never really dropped the hammer on him. But really what we have here, Danny is playing his own game. He thinks he's tricking the leprechaun, which, big mistake. You can't shit a shitter, especially an Irish you... shitter. No, no, no. Don't go pissing on my leg and telling me it's rain, okay? Don't go throwing feces into me lucky charms and telling me that it's cereal. So he gets bored. Immediately. Bored by a shipping crate. So he's human jam at this point. He gets fucked. Bored. So Woody is now pumping Xena's DNA, her blood, into a Ziploc bag. And I have to say, this does not look like science to me. It's definitely not clean medical science. But Dr. Evil kind of just takes a moment to tell his little assistant Woody that he despises toadies like him. But then he goes on from there to talk about how dashing he used to be. Used to be. Yeah. But one day will be again with the help of this broad's blood. So we find out what his actual motivations are. Seems like a big coincidence, if you ask me. It's not like he came to this planet hoping to kidnap a regenerating space princess, right? So he kind of just stumbled upon this in his pursuit of gold but apparently it all just kind of works out for whatever his plan is. He just wanted some space gold, and yeah, like you said, like it all just kind of like fell together. Like, oh my god, this bitch can regenerate. You know, let's, let's grow a body out of this chick. So this is about where we have Sarah Connor getting locked on a catwalk with the leprechaun. She wastes no time aiming her rifle and blowing him the fuck apart. This happened already, though. They already blew him apart. Like, this happened. You can't... I don't know why they keep shooting him. Like, this isn't going to work. Well, she shoots him a lot of times, though. I guess. Sure. 
She shoots him apart. And of course it doesn't work because it didn't work the last time either. So he immediately grows back while she is celebrating with her friends. And he plays the little piggies game with her as she's dangling off of a ledge. Aye, this little piggy went to the market. Oi, this little piggy went up me bum. And eventually, she falls to her death. She's dead. Oh, she is so dead. Dead forever. And I am so mad that we didn't get to see Heidi's tits in this. Uh, She falls to the bottom of a space pit. And the rest of our Marines go down to see if she's alive, which she kind of is, but kind of isn't. Kind of. So we get a really nice girl power moment between her and Dr. Blondie. And she basically Uh, says, the leprechaun did this to me. Avenge me! Destroy him! Avenge me! At this point, Chop Top gets really funny. I think he just starts fucking running around in the background, spraying bullets in the air, screaming, get some. (laughs) He just goes into a fucking Marine rage. It's hilarious. He's absolutely great. He was so good. The acting in this movie... Had no right being as good as it was. The leprechaun takes a moment to smell his way to the lab. He makes a point of saying, I smell me princess. And he finds his way to the med bay where Xena is being held. Woody falls for the old naked blondie trick as he shows himself outside the door as a uh, tit-bearing Na- decoy. Yeah, naked, naked Dr. Blondie. Yep, so he opens the door and immediately receives a nut shot. Which is what you get for being a pervert. Yeah, by Leprechaun Shillelagh. This is the second nut shot, third nut shot in the movie if you count Leprechaun emerging from the Vaz Defrance of Kowalski. And it really never gets old. No, it doesn't. So naturally, Dr. Evil laughs right in Woody Allen's face and takes a moment to try to distract the Leprechaun with flattery as Woody slowly recovers from his aching balls and sneaks up with a space knife in an effort to stab the leprechaun in the back. But does it work? Of course it doesn't work. It's of course it doesn't leprechaun. work. Yeah, you think it's going to be that easy? Fuck no. It doesn't work. Leprechaun uses magic to flatten Woody Allen's head with a fucking astro plate or whatever it is. Yeah, astro plate. Whoa. <laughs> Not only does he flatten him with a plate, but now he's mad. And he resolves to take his anger out on Dr. Evil, who he immediately ball gags. So kinky. He takes a moment to wake Xena up with a kiss. She screams in terror because why wouldn't you seeing that in your first moments regaining consciousness? And together, they use her DNA to mutate Dr. Evil into a scorpion tarantula mutant hybrid. I don't really know what to call this thing, but it's fucked up. Yeah, no, it is, uh, there's a lot going on here. They inject the syringe in the back of his head, right into the base of his skull. Uh, <laughs> so he's wearing the Marcellus Wallace ball gag, and uh, he's not really having a good time. And our heroes arrive to see Dr. Evil twitching with a syringe stuck in the back of his skull, and everyone just starts blasting. The Leprechaun and Xena fight their way out of the room, and Juana Man has the brilliant idea to just fucking throw grenades at him. Hell yeah. Chop Top says, you know what? We're going to play it safe instead, and we're going to confront the princess face to face. Who, at this point, graciously just kind of pops her tits out. 
boy howdy does she ever and i guess we find out that this is essentially the kiss of death in her culture yeah it's like a, a banshee screaming at you you're gonna die after that what's the name of the planet like xenon uh, Z- xenomorph probably when the xenomorph planet monarchy shows you their bosoms that means that you are marked for death big old middle finger and you know what you show this to a bunch of horny sex starved space marines i don't think they're gonna care so much Nope, nope. Jawana Man starts making some really bad sex puns about, oh, if I'm going to die, what part of her body is she going to kill me with? You know, it all just kind of falls flat. He's doing the whole, uh, the usual Miguel Nunez uh, routine. If you recognize him from other movies, you know what he's doing here. Stupid fucker! In a clever moment of subterfuge, the leprechaun takes Chop Top hostage by rigging him with magic explosives. And also kind of fucking with his head. And when they leave, they notice that Dr. Evil is missing most of his human body. He's no longer attached to the kegerator that once supported him. Oh, but I'm sure it's fine. I'm sure it's not a big deal. I'm sure he's not going to come back as a tarantula-scorpion hybrid. No, how would that happen? That's a, this doesn't seem likely. That sounds like some kind of metamorph. No, it's a megalomorph. So back at the space disco, Chop Top does a quick drag show and punches out Joanna Man, which makes everyone uncomfortable. And in a brutal, unchoreographed space fight, he busts out some nunchucks and fucking clubs Frank in the dome. Right about now, Dr. Evil wakes up as a giant Cronenberg monster. And I was not expecting a monster like this in a leprechaun movie. He is sticky and disgusting. Oh, just spider legs, a scorpion tail. It's like somebody dropped mutagen ooze down my shower drain. And out came just a mushy, hairy hobgoblin. I was going to say a lot of cum. And this is, uh, this is what Dr. Evil now is for the rest of this movie. And it's gross. It's awesome. Dr. Blondie takes this moment to karate fight Chop Top, who is now... A man, a woman, and a robot? Yeah, she beats the shit out of him. But then a gun magically appears, and Drag Queen Chop, Chop Top pops up and starts fighting him with this baton. It's a rifle with a bayonet. A space bayonet. A bayonet, not a baton. I'm an idiot. What is baton? Something cheerleaders use? Oh, it's a penis. Yeah, oh. a, a baton oh, is a penis. that makes a lot of sense. Yep. So uh, the bayonet is clearly made of rubber. I absolutely mm-hmm. love that scene. Uh, it is wiggling everywhere like a slippery worm. Well, she matadors him straight into a space fuse box. Yeah, they have those. And he drops down and his head explodes. And that's where it's revealed that he is actually just a cyborg. Yeah, he's been a robo marine this whole time. No, Greg, not just a robo marine. The best Marine. A robo-patriot? Patronaut. A robo-American. <laughs> Dr. Evil, who is now basically Jeff Goldblum from The Fly, I kill rich cunts! fucks around with the communications console, and he can't seem to decide whether he wants to self-destruct the ship or just eat a bunch of fucking flies. Turns out he just wants to eat a bunch of fucking flies. Yeah, he's just a gross fucking sewer monster at this point. While he's doing this... The leprechaun and his uh, future wife, Xena, go to the cargo hold 
with the intention of finding his gold. They fight and quibble like they're already a married couple, and the leprechaun decides to uh, get the last word by covering her face in herpes. And then after covering her face in herpes, decides to bonk her in the dome with his shillelagh. Just for fun. We got ourselves Frank Stallone, Joanna Man, and Dr. Blondie running through this whole uh, uh, fucking ship operation here. And that's where they hear that the ship is set to self-destruct. Yes, Joanna Man tries to end the self-destruct sequence, but he gets bored by Dr. Evil, who is now a grotesque T-virus monstrosity. But not only does he get bored, he, well, he doesn't really get bored. He gets kind of wrapped up in bloody cobwebs, which yeah, you he, know was shot out of Dr. Evil's ass, which has just got to be disgusting. He doesn't really get bored to death. He gets kind of webbed in a light-ass film. Looks like the spider got himself a couple of flies. Okay. Which might be a fate worse than bored, but he is still able to operate on this uh, computer console so he's still ticking away at that old self-destruct password. Meanwhile, Stallone and Blondie have yet another gunfight in the cargo hold with the leprechaun. Blondie tries to flank him, but as soon as she gets the chance to blast his fucking brains out, which we know doesn't work at this point, nope. she realizes that her gun is not loaded. Click. Sorry. Leprechaun takes full advantage. He uses the cargo resizing ray, which we saw earlier in the film, yeah, foreshadowed, to make himself enormous. Yeah, not to shrink, which we thought was going to happen. Nope. No, he turns into giant boy detective. He gets big. Blows up. I've seen some giant little people in my day, but this is ridiculous. And he notably takes a moment to marvel at the size of his pecker. I mean, as you would. You have to. And then we just go into a pretty typical cat and mouse routine between the leprechaun and stallone in this cargo hold i think it was at this point in the movie where the director of the movie was very disappointed in the quote-unquote groundbreaking effects and he actually called it playstation error graphics it's bullshit level cgi oh totally while stallone is trying to keep uh, the the now giant leprechaun occupied Dr. Blondie decides to crawl through the vents, a la Alien, to get to Juana Man, who she's going to help with the password. I don't know what she yep. thinks she's going to do. She's just going to go stand over his shoulder and offer advice or something? I, I don't know. Like, hey, the guy's an egomaniac. Let's use the word ego. Sure. And just guess. Let's just guess a bunch of passwords. But while she's midway through the vents, she's attacked by Dr. Evil's mushy top half, who wastes no time just tearing all of her clothes off. Yep. Some of our viewers may have been waiting for this since the beginning of the film. I know I have. So she basically spends the rest of this movie running around mostly nude until she freezes Dr. Evil with a conveniently placed liquid nitrogen hose. Yeah, very Terminator 2 style, but we all know that that won't stop you. I have to ask, why was this here? Uh, because it was a science lab. No, this is like the control room. This is like the cockpit. Greg, this is a leprechaun movie. Why are we questioning things? That's a very good point. It shouldn't even be crossing my mind. So Stallone rescues Xena, who is now delirious from a head injury. She seems to think that they are going to get married. Yeah, she's going to get her fuck on with Frank Stallone. You know, he thinks once or twice about it and decides, nah, I'm just going to rescue her. I'm not going to... So she's confused. He rescues her because he's a, he's a noble, courageous Marine. And that's his job. That's what he's here for. 
while Joanna Man opens the cargo hatch and blasts our leprechaun, the titular leprechaun, out into space where he explodes in contradiction of astroscience. Because I am a scientist, I will impart this knowledge onto all of our listeners. You don't explode when you go out into a space. You just you shrivel into a tight little frozen corpse. You squeeze into a little fucking ball of lead, I think it is. And then eventually you become a meteor and you crash into a planet in a distant galaxy and murder all of the dinosaurs there. The circle of life continues. That planet splits into several thousand diverging meteorites. And they all proceed off into other galaxies and devastate all of the life across an entire, uh, I don't know, what is the word? Uh, I believe that word is a Putin. Into Across an entire Putin of celestial bodies. That's the domino effect of how this movie actually ends, if you're going to follow like the scientific explanation. Yeah, you could do that, or you could just follow uh, the ending that we got, which was uh, some uh, body parts of a leprechaun flipping off the protagonist. I mean, honestly, great way to end this. I love it. Our heroes have one last chance as the timer is ticking down to cancel the detonation sequence. Just in time, they guess the password, which is wizard. Yes. I'm not sure. Is that in reference to anything? Is, it, is there a reason why it's wizard? I don't totally oh, get it. Oh, God. I don't remember. It would have been funny if it you know, actually had something to do with the rest of the plot, or at least it was a callback to something that went on earlier. I don't know. Did Dr. Evil say wizard at some point? He, he might have. Who fucking cares? Leprechaun's dead. We have three survivors and a cockpit full of goo and dead bodies. Roll credits. The end. This was Leprechaun 4 in In space. space! So, my beautiful, exhaustive friend, Micah, I know this film took a lot out of you. I can see that you're huffing and puffing and you are ready to fucking blow. What do you got as far as a score? I give Leprechaun 4, Leprechaun in Space, 5 out of 5 scaries. You got one set of tits, which isn't the best tits in the movie. I wish we would have seen tidies from Home Improvement, but that's okay. Uh, Warwick Davis at his finest. Frank Stallone at his, uh, probably his best role ever. Brother from Full Metal Jacket. Obviously, you got yourself Reggie. It's a goddamn fun fucking movie. We don't get an explanation as to why the Leprechaun is actually in space why it's in the future, but I'm glad we don't have that because I don't give a shit why he's there. I just can't wait for the day we get Michael Myers in space or Freddy Krueger in space. It's bound to happen. Honestly, at this rate, I think we're going to get Art the Clown in space before any of the other prominent slashers. Uh, Five out of five. I love Leprechaun in space. There's actually a lot going on in this movie. The movie's extremely ambitious. Sure, the graphics kind of suck, uh, the CGI sucks, but who gives a shit? The story's good. The story's fun. The entire thing is meant to lampoon what has been, at this point, several decades of sequel after sequel of slasher franchise. This is the late 90s. What was it? 1997? Yeah. The fourth Leprechaun film, which is like a secondary slasher franchise. It's not even one of the main big ones. Some people would throw it in that pantheon. I always thought that Leprechaun was kind of on the fringe. I don't think Leprechaun is in the A-list. 
of those movies. This they're, is definitely they're entertaining a fun... for what they are, but they're you know it's not Freddy, it's not Jason, it's not so, Pinhead, it's not one it's of not the big ones. Not even Chucky for that matter. Right. What we got here is a very tongue in cheek, almost a commentary on the slasher sequel. Um, okay. It does not take itself seriously. It revels in the fact that it's trash, which all good B-movies should, in my opinion. Bingo. Like you mentioned, there's some boobage. I would have liked to see Warwick Davis take something off at this point. I mean, it's the fourth one, dude. Just let it all hang out. We got Frank Stallone. His talents obviously don't lie in acting. He's more of a musical man, but he brings it here. You know, he plays the hero, pops the shirt off at the end, show a little nip for the audience. We've got some real creative ideas here, man. We've got lightsabers. We've got enlargement. We've got scorpion tarantula monsters. Space we've, got, we've got more than one cyborg. We've got robots. Karate fights. I mean, it kind of has a little bit of everything. It it's impossible really does, not to dude. be entertained by Leprechaun 4 in space. So it's very ambitious. With that said, I give it a rare and unprecedented 5 out of 5 for me. Oh, good Lord. Now that we got that shit out of the way, what are you thinking for next week? I'm thinking we bring space to Earth. Oh, spurth. Let's go, uh, let's spurth. I'm going to spurth all over your fucking chest. Okay, well, I'll Uh, spread that spurth from my chest down into my ribs and abdomen and just kind of mush it around on my skin. We'll see what happens. And I'm going to come by with a butter knife and spurf some of that spurf onto a cracker and ingest it. Okay, I think I just gagged a little in my mouth. There's going to be aliens. Yeah. There's going to be flying saucers. Yeah. There's going to be, I don't know if this is too obvious, but there's going to be a skeleton or two, which is always scary to me. That's a good time. Okay, should I leave it at that or you want me to keep going? I'm saying, uh, you know what? Glenn Close. Literally every celebrity that you've ever heard of is in this fucking movie. From the 90s. Anyone notable who's ever acted in anything, we're going to talk about him next week. So It's going to be great. With that said, why don't you fucking love each other? Hey, why don't you care about each other? But most importantly, keep, keep it, it spooky! Damn, that's scary. The credits roll. And we all ejaculate in shame. There you have that. Damn that scary. Seal of approval. Seal of appro- approval. <laughs> I kind of like it like that. Fuck. No, it's a fair day.